The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Angels, we all have them. They're our unseen guides, our companions, our teachers, and they're all around us. Sometimes... They make themselves known in the most miraculous ways. Join Angel Communicator, Reiki Master, and QHHT hypnotherapist Christy Clemens Hoffman for stories from real people who have experienced real life angel encounters. Welcome back to Real Life Angel Encounters. Today, we encounter the Loretto Chapel Staircase, or some call it the Loretto Chapel Staircase Miracle. I first heard this story when I was substitute teaching just a few weeks ago, and the other teacher in the room, after he heard that I was doing this podcast, he said, you know, there is that story of the mysterious stairs and the chapel in the Southwest. And I wanted to know more. So I started Googling and oh my goodness, there is quite a bit of information out there. So just like the Cokeville miracle that I brought, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, I think it was, two episodes ago, um, it was a miracle that was pretty well known and yet I had never heard of it. So let's get cracking. The Loretto Chapel is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's a former Roman Catholic church. Now it's used as a museum and a wedding chapel. It is known for its unusual spiral staircase that I will be getting to, also called the Miraculous Stair. So we'll be getting into that, but um, a little bit of history and backstory on the chapel itself. The chapel was commissioned by the Sisters of Loretto for their girls' school, Loretto Academy, in 1873. The archbishop at the time had brought in two French architects, Antoine Mouly and his son Projectus, to work on the St. Francis Cathedral project and suggested that the sisters could make use of their services on the side to build a chapel for the academy. Projectus ended up being the main architect for the project for the project, basing his Gothic revival design with buttresses and spires and stained glass windows 
imported from France. Um, he based this design on the famous Saint-Chapelle in Paris. I've been there, it is stunning. The chapel was built from locally quarried sandstone and took five years to complete, officially consecrated in 1878. The Loretta Chapel is used on a daily basis by the students and nuns of the academy until the school closed in 1968. Afterwards, it became a privately owned museum and it is now also a wedding venue. And the rest of the campus was demolished, unfortunately. So a little bit of history into the staircase itself. It was built sometime between 1877, 1881. And by this point, the chapel was pretty much complete, but it still lacked access to the choir loft, possibly due to the unexpected death of the architect, Projectus Mouly, in 1879. Now, I did listen to another podcast episode of another show. I can't remember the name of it. It's like Myths and Mysteries or something like that talked about there might have been a rift between the architect and the sisters. And during this time, the architect walked away from the job and then later died. So I'm not sure which of those versions of the story is quite correct, but he did die during the construction. And so uh, without those final plans for this stairway or some way to access the choir loft, the chapel was not complete and was lacking one of its main functions was having a choir in the choir loft. Now there were, you know, this was a big problem and the sisters weren't quite sure what to do about it. Now the design constraints of the chapel meant that to have a stairway going up to the loft would have had to been pretty big. The chapel itself was not that large, but the choir loft was sufficiently high that to have the proper angle and arc from the floor up to the choir loft, you'd have to have a pretty substantially sized staircase. But that would have taken up too much of a footprint within the chapel and they would have been lost a lot of their prime real estate in there. Not a great option. Now, some chapels have a ladder going from the floor up to the choir loft. Well, was this a good option? Not really. Think about it. We have all of these sisters wearing habits, not really great climbing gear. And certainly nobody wanted to look up those habits as they were climbing ladders. So what to do, what to do. So the sisters did what they did best, which was to pray for nine days. They prayed together for nine days prayed for a miracle, prayed for someone to come along and build the perfect staircase. They knew, didn't know what that perfect staircase would be, but they prayed for someone to come along and help them out. So yes, as the story goes, sometime around 1880, the entire order of the Sisters of Loretto began to pray to St. Joseph, of course, the patron saint of carpenters and the patron saint of dads, I might add, to help with the solution for this chapel and how to get from the floor up to the choir loft. Well, on the ninth day of these prayers, a visitor arrived at their door with his mule and a few tools. So this man revealed to the sisters that he was indeed a carpenter by trade. 
the only thing he brought with him was a T-square and a few simple tools. He was invited in and he discovered the situation that they had there with the untimely passing of their architect. He decided that he would tackle this project. And he told the sisters that the only condition that he would place on this project was that he be allowed to work in private. And of course, they were more than happy to oblige him. I mean, what is a little privacy if they're going to be able to complete their chapel and to have a working choir loft? So there are varying reports from this time that um, some reports said that the construction was completed quickly. Others said that it took a lot longer than may have even been necessary. Um, the sisters did say that they saw very, very little of him when he was working, working only when the chapel was, chapel was completely empty. Some of the sisters said that they saw wood soaking in tubs that they provided for him. You know, you would soak wood in order to bend it or shape it. So all stories aside, the carpenter disappeared to do his work and he did finally finish it. And the sisters were absolutely delighted with how it turned out, so much so that they organized a banquet in the carpenter's honor. This is when he was discovered missing. So what's really strange is that at no time during this work did he identify himself. He never asked for never received any payment for his labor or even his supplies. Exactly who this person was is just one of the many mysteries surrounding the Loretto Chapel staircase. Another aspect of this mysterious staircase is the staircase itself. It is absolutely beautiful. It is a spiral and it has a 33 steps. 33, of course, its significance is the year that Jesus was crucified, the age that he was in the year that he was crucified. So that in itself is kind of interesting. Now, the staircase also was built without any nails or glue. Now, this isn't actually that big of a mystery. A lot of construction at the time was built like that, uh, especially even earlier than that. That's how things were constructed, of course, before nails or before nails were very cheap or plentiful. So I guess it's not that big of a mystery, but the lack of a central column um, was kind of a technological marvel. The weight of the staircase was mostly toward the base and the wood used very interesting. It is not native to New Mexico and none of the local yum, lumber yards were carrying it and no one had showed up to buy anything like that or ask about it. So where did the wood come from? Another interesting fact about this staircase is that it was originally built with no railings. So imagine going up the stairs might not be that big of a problem, but coming down might give one a bit of vertigo. And the you know old stories go that the sisters of Loretto 
we're so afraid of going down this 22 foot drop basically on the spiral staircase with no railings that they would climb down the stairs. <laughs> I can imagine that was a heck of a, uh, of a site. So the staircase defies um, any physics. It has no obvious means of support and it just seems as a miracle, at least that's how the sisters of Loretto viewed it. And they believed that the mysterious builder must have been St. Joseph himself. The staircase itself, as a result, became one of Santa Fe's most famous tourist attractions. So the story just keeps getting more and more curious. Um, so we've got the mysterious person showing up after nine days of prayer to specifically St. Joseph. He shows up, he's a carpenter, has just a few simple tools under his belt. He requires that he be left in perfect isolation to build the staircase. And the sisters, of course, obliged. They only saw him soaking wood and that was it. The wood didn't come from anywhere around there and no one reports him buying it or even inquiring about how to buy it. And it was built in such a way that it basically defied physics and gravity. Very clever, ingenious construction. And then of course, when it was completed and the nuns were thrilled, they wanted to celebrate this mysterious carpenter and he was nowhere to be found. So this staircase has remained a bit of a mystery. Now, there are some that debunk it, and I do want to give some credence to that. Um, the question remains, why would a Victorian carpenter transport all of this lumber in secrecy with nothing more than a mule and a T-square and a little box of tools and then demand complete isolation privacy to do this. It's just, it's just mysterious, but there are some who have gone through and trying to sort the fact through the fiction. So with any mystery, any legend, there is some truth and some fiction contained in the story. So Mary J. Strawcook was a historian or is a historian. She researched this Santa Fe staircase for seven years. And she actually wrote a book called Loretto, The Seven Sisters and Their Santa Fe Chapel in 1984. Now, according to Cook, she stated that she found an entry in a day book left behind by the nuns from 1881, which indicated they had paid a man named Rochas for wood. We don't know what that wood was for. And I'm just taking a stab at the name Rochas. R-O-C-H-A-S, maybe Rojas? I'm not sure. I'm just going to go with Rojas. Now, she also found an old newspaper article in the New Mexican that said that Mr. Rojas had been shot in the chest and that he had been a skilled word worker who built the impressive staircase. According to Cook, this François-Jean Rojas was a member of a French secret society of skilled craftsmen and artisans that called themselves the Compagnons, which means the Companions, and that 
this secret societies existed since the Middle Ages. And she further says that Rojas, or Rojas, I'm not sure how to pronounce it again, came to the U.S. specifically to build the staircase and that he had wood shipped from France. Now, Mr. Rochas is buried at the Our Lady of the Light Catholic Cemetery. So I'm not sure why this particular part of the story had not come out at the time. Now, this legend resulted in the creation of books and a 1998 movie called The Staircase starring Barbara Hershey and William Peterson. Oh, I just love Barbara Hershey. But some of these legends may have been demystified with information about its supposed builder. And many people who have seen the stairs claim that this makes it no less of a miracle. Where did the inspiration and knowledge come from to build this stunning staircase in the first place? Um, so it can't be debated that this is absolutely a work of art. It is beautiful. You've got to check out the photos and the link that is in the show notes. It can still be seen today, but the chapel is more of a corporate venue and museum these days. Um, it's still a beautiful place to visit and a gorgeous work of craftsmanship. Well, that's it for the Santa Fe Miracle Staircase, the Loretto Chapel Staircase. I hope you enjoyed this story. It's certainly very interesting, and I would love to know what you think of this story. Is it, as the historian has stated, a French uh, artisan who came from France and imported the wood, or is it, as you heard the sisters of St. Loretto tell it, that after prayer, a man came forward with just nothing more than a mule, a T-square, and a small toolbox, working in isolation and privacy and asking no pay and using wood that didn't even come from around there. Hmm. So I'd love to hear from you about what your thoughts are. Thank you so much for listening. I got this information from Wikipedia, of course, from historicmysteries.com, from jesusmariasite.org, from sandoff.com, and from rosaryofthemonth.com. Well, if you have listened this far into the episode, hopefully that means that you like angel encounters, and we like to bring them to you. This is a brand new podcast. This is only the 13th episode, and we really need stories to keep bringing to you. Stories of the uplifting, the spiritual, the positive, the miraculous, or even just the unusual, but really cool. We want to hear from you. If you've got a story like that, or if you know a loved one, a friend, a family member, a coworker who's told you some amazing stories, we want to hear from you and we want to hear from them. Or even if you read something in the news that you thought was really cool, like the Cookville Miracle or the Loretto Staircase or the Butterfly People of Joplin, we'd love to hear that too. We're always looking for great content to bring to you because we know you like to listen to these type of stories. So if you have something to send in, please send it to angelencounterspodcast at gmail.com or 
set it up on our uh, Facebook group. That is Real Life Angel Encounters Facebook group. So just search for that in your search bar and you can post your stories. You can discuss the stories that you've heard here. We would love to hear from you. All right. Until next time. Bye. A special thank you to James Wheeler for the original music and Cassandra Harold for the voiceovers. Please subscribe and follow wherever you're listening now. And be sure to tell your friends. The more people know about this podcast, the more great story submissions we get. Submit your own real-life angel encounters to angelencounterspodcast at gmail.com. Want to know what your angels and loved ones have to tell you? Schedule an appointment with Christy at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.